0: What's up, everybody? What's good, y'all? Hi, everybody. What's up, dudes? What's 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 going on, everybody? Hello, guys. Yo. (laughs) Welcome to the Urban Youth Impact Podcast.
1: Where we love, equip, and empower inner city youth to fulfill their God-given purpose.
2: Let's get this party started.
3: Welcome to the Urban Youth Impact Podcast. DJ D-Money here. La Keeson on a beat. And Cupcake 101. What's up? What's up? How's everyone doing here?
0: Good. What's up with y'all? I'm good.
3: Yeah. By the time, guys, by the time this podcast episode is out, I will be a father again of my second child.
0: Already, it's coming in fast.
3: Yeah. For real. Yeah.
0: This, this kid just turned
3: two. Yeah. I know, right? My
0: monkey. Monkey.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh man, my daughter. We're potty training her, and so I'm telling uh, the students potty training stories about her, and yeah, she. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna go there. But you have my, a, a my little sister. little sister right now, right? How yes. old is she? She
0: just turned ten months, like a week ago.
3: So you're gonna get to the potty training phase. Um, but I'm what? Not,
0: my sister is.
3: Well, okay, you know what I mean. You're gonna have to witness it the way I am.
0: Unfortunately.
3: Yeah. So, what's been the the most challenging thing about having a a ten month old sister in the house?
0: Cause she's fast and she crawls. Really fast. Oh, every time we put her down, because mm-hmm. she knows where my mom walks, and my mom walks somewhere. Yeah. We just put her down for a second, so we can crawl around, and she zooms off. And we clean our dog so she can play with it. But every time we put our dog in the house, she's scared of it. But every time the dog turns around, she grabs his ear.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. She'll probably be walking in no time then. Yep. Yeah. Once they're walking, that's that's trouble. DJ Cupcake, do you have any siblings in the house?
2: Mm-hmm. I have three younger siblings.
3: Three younger siblings? How young is the youngest?
2: The youngest one is like, I don't know, probably in her months though, like probably like four or five.
3: Four or five months? Wow. So uh, a boy or girl?
2: It's a girl. It's
3: a girl I also? I have a girl too. Dang. So that's crazy. How's What's been the most challenging thing about having a four to five month old in the house?
2: She doesn't really do anything. She just like... She just smiles a lot. Is she she cry a lot? sleeps. She don't she don't even cry a lot either.
3: Yeah. That's, you know, that that those early months they're just kind of just sitting there, chilling, crying, pooping, sleeping, eating.
0: By one, one die, by one year old, they're going to be crying a whole lot.
3: They're going to be
0: going to try to ask what they want and they don't get it, they're going to mm-hmm. cry. It's going to
3: Yeah, <laughs> those those toddler years. Those those can be Get a little, little crazy. So both of you are part of a group here at UII called YAB. Yes. Um, what, what does YAB stand for?
0: It's basically a leadership academy program where a group of leaders get together and they're trying to change UII and see what they can do to change UII.
3: Yeah, the Youth Advisory Board. And Mankeeson, how many years have you been a part of YAB? Four years. Four years. And Tamara, how many years for you?
2: This is my
3: first year. This is your first year, so we got a vet and we got a, a newbie here. But here's the here's the cool thing about about YAB, right? You guys get opportunities um, to to do things that help you grow as leaders. McKeeson, what's been like one of your favorite memories being part of YAB? Your favorite things you've gotten to do, or learn, or growing? My favorite thing
0: was. This place called Horses That Help. Yeah. And we got to go help horses. Well, help kids. Like, didn't, like, they had, what do you call I to it? Do, like, disabilities. Disabilities, yep. They had disabilities. Yeah, had disabilities. And um, they had this program where they have horses that help. Literally, they help. And mm-hmm. they got a petting zoo. And they let them pet and, like, is them a place to feel normal. And that was that was like my favorite experience of being in Yab.
3: What did you specifically get to do when you were there?
0: Um I got to walk the horses. Like I used to I got to sit by the person and like hope sure they don't fall. Yeah. Make sure they don't fall. And I got to like play with people. Like it was these two kids and it was these two kids and these did the two goats, goats yeah. were named Billy and Bob. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, pet the goats with them and talk with them and pet the snakes and the rabbits, and we yeah. had fun.
3: And, KC, yeah, that was mm-hmm. legit. It was really cool to, to get to see you and other YAP students mm-hmm. do that. And, Tamara, you've only been in YAP for a couple months, but um what are you enjoying about it?
2: Um, that it's, like, it has a lot of, like, fun, like, Opportunities and like like when we get in like group little like things.
3: Yeah, the committees. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. The, the the groups and the committees and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's a lot of important qualities to being a leader, right? Mm-hmm. But you guys chose three of those that we're gonna focus on for this episode. Three qualities of being a leader. What are those three qualities that we're focusing on?
0: Selfless. Being teachable. And
3: being responsible. Yeah, so being selfless, teachable, responsible, three of our core values here as well on campus. And so what we're going to do is we're going to get to hear some interviews that you guys did um, with staff, and we're going to get to hear some interviews that I got to do with students about what these values are, what they mean to them, how do they embody and live them out. So, man, Mankeeson, who did you interview?
0: I interviewed the – UII teacher, Ms.
3: Yeah, Mr. Nerlene. Yeah, Miss Nerleen, our, our fourth grade team leader. And Tamari, you got to do two interviews. Who'd you interview?
2: I interviewed Miss Maggie. She's a, she's a volunteer, and I interviewed Mr. Anthony, a teacher.
3: Awesome. And yeah, Miss Maggie's actually one of our work studies um, over at Palm Beach Atlantic University, um, kind of like an intern here. And Mr. Anthony is our third grade team leader. So, you guys ready to get going to hear these interviews? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, let's do this.
2: Hey Siri, what does it mean to be selfless?
0: According to dictionary.com, selfless definition: having little or no concern for oneself, especially with regard to fame, position, money, etc.
4: Unselfish.
0: Okay, so the meaning of selfless is to put others before you. An example that I had to be selfless was when I was at the store and I only had a few items. This lady behind me had a whole cart full, so I let her go in front of me. I didn't have to do that, but I wanted to. So God is giving us all these things, but I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to give it to everybody. Some people don't have what we have. Like Some people have less than actually we have. Some people don't eat as we do, so we have to give back. What it means to be selfless is you respect others and you do kind things like, for example, me and my mom and my dad. We go to
2: church every Saturday. I cook breakfast for the homeless, and they
0: really like my breakfast.
4: What is the meaning of selflessness? Well, um, I think that's putting somebody somebody else's needs in front of your own. So putting somebody else's needs in front of your own is really amplifying and giving an example of what that means to be selfless. Uh, It's sort of a great example of when you really, really love someone, you're willing to do anything, even die for that person uh, because their needs are more important than yours.
2: Hi, it's Cupcake 101 here and I'm with
4: Mr. Anthony.
2: On a scale from one to 10, how selfless are you?
4: Oh, that is a great question. That's sort of like that question of how humble are you, right? It's a little bit difficult to say exactly how you are selfless. Um, but I guess I would say I am trying my best to be perfect. I think Jesus was a 10. Um, but I would say that I try my best, but I fail sometimes as well, just like we all fall short. Maybe a seven and a half, seven point five. 7.5. <laughs> That's a tough one.
2: Um, Speaking of that, you're going to get married in a couple of months, right?
4: Even closer. 16 days. Can you believe it? Wow. Yeah
2: where does selflessness come in in marriage?
4: Oh, that's a great question too. Um, well, I think any married person will tell you, and I'm not quite there yet, but what I have gotten from getting this relationship um, has been that you do have to sometimes give up things that are really important to you. So for my instance, uh, I really like eating spicy foods. And I know that's just a silly one, but it's true. I really like eating spicy foods. Whereas my fiance hates spicy foods like she can't stand it she thinks ketchup is spicy so she won't eat yeah she won't eat anything even closely spicy i mean i'm just kidding with the ketchup thing but seriously um she will not eat any spicy foods that's something that i really had to give up when we make dinner together Uh, i can't make something overly spicy because she can't eat it so uh, being selfless in that regard in marriage, a lot of times it can be more complicated than just not liking spicy food. Sometimes it can mean something, uh, giving up something you really, really love. Maybe finances and different struggles that are really important to you. It can even come down to uh, where you live. So when you're with that person, you're together with them in one. So it really, uh, you really have to make sure you die and uh, die to yourself and die to Christ and, and make sure that Christ is fresh in the relationship for both of you, not just your own needs. Do Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I would just say to any listeners that are out there right now, um, if you have tr- if you have trouble with being selfless, just remember a time where somebody had been selfless to you. And sometimes that can be really difficult to find that because sometimes when we're in this fallen world, we can face a lot of troubles and a lot of hardship and a lot of selfless selfish people, not selfless people. Um, but try to deep dig down deep and try to remember some time where somebody's been really really kind to you. For me, that's God and Jesus being really kind to me and dying on the cross for my sins. And I remember that, and that helps me be selfless, even when I don't want to. Even driving down that road on 95 when somebody's honking really loud at me, I got to remember to be selfless and even consider that person, uh, their needs, even over more important than mine.
2: All right, that's a wrap, and thank you for coming, Mr. Anthony.
4: Absolutely, thank you for having me on.
3: What is the definition of teachability?
0: Of a person able to learn by being taught the meaning of being teachable is to always have room for improvement and to strive to grow in literacy leadership and the arts and science I remember when my math teacher said to one of my friends that she is great in math but she will always have room for improvement Being teachable is being able to grow in things and learn more about it. For example, my friend, she had to learn how to do her 12 timetables, and she just had to keep learning and learning and learning. And then she got better at it.
1: When you look at the definition of being teachable, um, it's two components, not only being able to learn but being willing to learn. So a person who is teachable is they're they're wanting to learn more and not only that, they're able to learn the information.
0: What's up guys? It's Lakieson on the beat and we're here with
1: Miss Nerlene.
0: So, what's up Miss Nerlene? How's your day going?
1: My day's been going well. How's your day?
0: Good and um, we have a few questions for you, so let's get right into it. Okay. Um, I heard your family was immigrated here from Haiti.
1: Yes, How was that
0: experience like?
1: Well, there are major differences between Haitian culture and American culture, so that was a big learning gap um, mm-hmm. for us coming here from Haiti. Um, but that's where teachability come in because when you're having to learn a different language, a different culture, going mm-hmm. to a different school system— you have to be teachable. You have to be willing to learn the information and know that along the way you're gonna stumble, you're gonna make mistakes, and allowing the people who are teaching you to be able to call you out on those mistakes. If I say a word um, wrong and I'm trying to learn the English language, if I say the word wrong, I can't be insulted if someone corrects me. I have to be willing to accept that change and um, accept the, the, what is it? I guess accept the criticism and learn from there.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people, like, doubt it. Yes. Um, and <laughs> that experience, what makes you teachable?
1: Um, Like I said, you have to be willing to know that, okay, I'm coming into this as a blank canvas. I don't know anything about American culture. I don't know anything about the language. And having to go to school, I think I started school probably two weeks after I made it here in the country. So that was a... That was a huge setback for me because uh, people had their friends. And not only did I not have any friends, I didn't even speak their language. Mm-hmm. So having to, like, be a- almost in my own corner for a while until I started learning the how to do things. I started learning the language. We were still being given homework at that time. So it's not like I, gotta, I got to be slack toward my schoolwork because that still had to continue. So it was a lot of... um it was a lot of change. It was a lot of being able to say, hey, okay, what can I learn? And who can teach me these things that I need to learn?
0: And um, I like that response. Culturally, what was the most shocking thing about coming to America?
1: The most shocking thing to me was, I would say, the school system. I started school in Haiti when I was two years old, so naturally I was on a, I was in a higher grade than I was supposed to be for my age. So when mm-hmm. I came here, they actually put me back a grade because mm-hmm. um, I had already finished third grade in Haiti, so I was supposed to be going to fourth. So when I came here, they was like, oh, you need to repeat the third grade because in fourth grade you're going to have a lot of testing and you don't know the language. Um, and that was shocking to me because I felt like I, even though I didn't know the language, I did know how to do a lot of the things. That's why I'm really great at math, and math in whatever language remains the same. So I felt like, okay, I shouldn't have to be held back, because I do know the information, even though I don't know the language per se. Mm -hmm. So that was shocking to me, how the school system operates, and does everything a lot. Um, one of the main things, as well, is how students treat their teachers. Mm-hmm. In Haiti, I believe we are more respectful towards our teachers. We know that they are the adult, and that because we have the, it takes a village to raise a child mentality, that our teachers are able to call us out. But a lot of the things I see here is that when students are being disrespectful toward the teacher, the parents typically take the side of the students. <laughs> And that was not a thing in my household. Like, whatever you did to the teacher, you did it, and you need to be held accountable for it. There's no, oh, the child was wrong and the teacher, um, the child was right and the teacher was wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: This is awesome, guys. She's a teacher from UII.
1: And, yes, um, I am.
0: You, how did your students help you be teachable? And how can you help your students be teachable?
1: How my students help me be teachable is that I um I create an environment where they are allowed to call me out on my mistakes in a respectable manner as well. Um if I accuse them of doing something that they didn't do, I need my student to trust me enough and to know that I love them enough to come to me and be like, hey, um that actually wasn't me. And I need to be, um, even though I'm the adult in the room, I need to be able to receive that information from them and say, okay, well, I'm sorry for accusing you of doing this and even though it wasn't you. And the way I teach my students to be teachable is that first I let them know that I love them, but I will call them out on the stuff that they do wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may not always they may not always receive it right away, but they know that it's coming from a place of love. And because I love them, I'm gonna hold them accountable to the stuff that I know they know that they were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming to
0: UI's podcast, and that is a wrap.
1: Thank you for having me, Menkeeson.
0: Responsibility means the state or fact of having a duty to deal with something or of having control over someone.
5: I feel that like being responsible is staying on top of the things you need to do, getting things done and doing what is required in order to be successful or some ways that I've been responsible in my life could be like studying for like a test and being prepared for it once it comes. Cleaning my room. If a person were standing right in front of me who were being like irresponsible about their life and things, I would probably tell them that they need to like tighten up because if you don't stay responsible then like later on in life you're gonna have trouble because like, when you come, like, to a big job where you do things that you want to do in life, most people are going to look for responsibility so that you can take care of yourself and that they know that you're ready for the job. So you would most likely need to develop the skill of being responsible later on in life. And then not only that, it would just help you get more closer to Christ because you would stay on top of, like, reading the Bible, like, on a scheduled time and things of that nature. So it would be best for person to be responsible.
0: There have been many instances where I have been left to be the responsible person in a certain situation. For example, in third grade, my teacher assigned me to be the leader of many, many, many group projects involving the science fair, social studies projects, and math projects. Also, even though I am not the oldest child in my mother's house, she still leaves me with many responsibilities and actions that I must be accountable for along with my grandma who trusts me with almost everything that I do and anything that she needs help with. So I feel that I am very responsible in that case.
6: I'd say someone's responsible when they know what they have to do and they are able to get the steps done to make it happen.
2: Hi guys, it's Cupcake 101 here and I'm with Maggie. Ms. Maggie, we have some questions for you.
6: Okay. Um, what responsibilities did you have in college? That's a really good question. I have so many, which is not normal for most college students. Um, a lot that are normal for college students are having to go to class and keeping up with your homework and buying textbooks and then cleaning your dorm room. You know, you don't live at home, so like, you have to make sure that your house doesn't fall apart on you. Um, I was responsible for laundry and making sure I ate food because mom's not there to tell me to eat anymore. And then keeping up with my friends. Now that
2: you're getting ready to graduate, what new responsibilities will you be taking on?
6: That one was a is a little hard for me to answer because I already work a lot. So normally I would say you get a job and then your responsibilities are you have a job. But I already have a job. So I think I'm gonna have to do more at all my jobs. So spending more hours at work and more like higher up jobs. So it's gonna be more responsible that, or more responsibilities that way. And then I'm gonna have to pay for student loans, so more bills. I gotta make more money than normal. Let's talk a little bit more about that third question. I work at a gym at school. So like lifting weights, like there's a bunch of people who lift weights. And right now, I just have to sit at a front desk and make sure that no one breaks anything, but once I graduate, I'm going to have to be a building manager, which means I'm going to have to make sure that the building's not breaking down and, like, reporting things that are breaking, doing a lot more cleaning. I'm going to be an assistant to the head person, so I'm going to have to make sure that, like, her schedule is working out well. And so it's just, like, more paperwork and making sure that everyone else is following the rules. So that's more responsibility
2: what's the hardest
6: thing about that about my job i really don't like telling people that they're wrong or that they've messed up like it makes me feel really scared to walk up to someone and say hey you can't do that so the hardest thing for me is confrontation so just making sure people are following the rules
2: it's kind of hard for me to do too being a safety patrol some kids just don't listen
6: yeah, it makes it very challenging when someone does not want to listen to what you have to say.
2: Thank you, Miss Maggie, for, for being here
6: today. Of course. It's my pleasure.
3: So let me ask you guys one more thing before we sign off. Yes. Little Keason, did you cupcake? What does it take to be in YAB, to be in our youth advisory board, and to remain there? And what advice would you have for any aspiring leaders out there in the
0: world?
2: Um, to Like, if you're gonna be like good in YAB and pay attention and be respectful, then you also have to do that in your
0: classroom. Yeah, so like, basically to shorten it, being a real leader. Don't bandwagon off of someone because they're being cool and you're in in yab so you can't do those things. And when someone's not looking, you bandwagon and do what he's doing. That's not being a leader. That's not going to keep you in yab.
3: Yeah. So selflessness, it all comes back to selflessness, teachability, responsibility. If we do these things, um, we can be the leaders that Jesus is calling us to. Amen.
0: Amen. Like I always say, even though you winning, you sinning.
3: What does that mean? I've never heard that.
0: I said I made it up, cause like, cause I was talking about in a fight one day. I was like, I was fighting, and I won. I was like, even though you winning, you sinning.
3: Oh, that's good.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into the urban youth impact podcast if you would like to learn more about what we do please visit our website at www.urbanyouthimpact.com or follow us on our facebook
2: instagram twitter and youtube accounts at ui impact to stay connected and
3: see what we are up to next We invite you to come alongside us as we join together to pray for the inner city youth across Palm Beach County. Join us next time for another exciting episode.
0: Until then, continue to dream big. Take care.